Good day, and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. I'm Associate Editor Elijah Poynexter. Recently, I spoke with Daniel Hazel, head of CLM at intelligent automation firm WorkFusion. Daniel and I spoke about the Biden administration's recent initiative to counteract corruption and money laundering in financial services. We spoke about the impact of implementation, along with the discussion of the impact on cryptocurrency. Any initiative that tries to bring transparency to the world of financial crime or to the world of anti-financial crime, I should say, is welcome, right? Um, and what the White House are attempting to do here is, uh, I would say, laudable. Now, there's a difference between attempting to do something and implementing it, right? So the devil, I would say, is in the detail there, but the like the overall focus you know, bringing transparency to ultimate beneficial owners, because sometimes the layers between an organization and the ultimate person who owns it, you know, the webs of intricacy there can be amazing, right? So having that, at least, I would say, having a goal of bringing transparency there or bringing more transparency there is extremely important. And I'll get back to in a minute, you know, look, actually, we can just talk about now, you're talking about in the last couple of years, all of those leaks, the Pandora Papers was the most recent one. And then maybe five or six years ago, there was another leak where all of these really important people had all of these offshore funds, whatever, and there was a big outbreak, right? So a lot of, a lot like that, that idea of trying to bring transparency there, it's laudable. I would also say that the ability to subpoena banks who have a correspondent banking relationship in the US to to subpoena those and have that threat hanging over a banking institution is important, right? Because no matter what you say and no matter what any bank would say, to have the threat of a subpoena by the US court hanging over it is, is immense. If nothing else, right, nothing might ever come of it, again, because there's a big difference between between the announcement of something and the implementation of it, like to get to actually bring over a European bank and get them in front of a US court, the red tape to get there would be immense, right? But again, just having that threat, it will go a long way to to actually doing it. So maybe we can go a little bit deeper there. So maybe from your perspective, what will that implementation look like? I mean, in terms of like, what will this realistically kind of look like, uh, if that makes sense? And Maybe you can go over some pain points, maybe. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the difficulties of, say, a European bank bringing that over the red tape. Maybe a little bit of more insight there would be helpful. Banks are notoriously slow-moving creatures. Um, they're not your agile fintechs. They're not born out of Silicon Valley. More often than not, they're institutions with hundreds of years of history. And with that come the size that comes with an institution like that, but also the uh the policies and procedures that govern it are steeped in history right and you know it needs to go through a steering committee it needs to go through risk approval it needs to go through all of these things all of these different hoops before change can actually be implemented and even before that in compliance there is uh and compliance in kyc in aml anti-financial crime exactly what the biden administration is trying to enhance by bringing this in Banks have two different perspectives when it comes to counterparties, right? Uh, is it something I need to know or, or is it something I should know? The majority of banks deal with 
and they design their risk and compliance programs based on what they need to know. And they'll only put the, the maximum amount of resources needed to get to that minimum level of need to know and build a compliance program based on that and probably not a dime more, right? And then you have these really proactive banks who design programs based on what they should know and try to proactively manage their risk all year round, right? And there's a world of difference between the two because the banks who manage their compliance programs on a need to know basis, they're reacting to changes in their risk profile. So they will, you know, they'll do whether it's a periodic, there's different types of reviews and they'll review it maybe one every one, two or three years. It's a big human investment that their teams need to undergo these type of reviews year in, year out. So these type of need to know programs are really driven by people. And those people undergo the same type of reviews every couple of years, big human investment. And is a big, there's a big employee debt and there's a big customer debt because the customer has to provide the same information every couple of years, right? And you're only finding out information about your counterparties every couple of years or every year, every two years, every three years. So you're, you're automatically behind the curve versus the, the should know profile where you're always looking for information on your customer. You're always going out to find out if there's been a change in your customer's profile. And that's a very much, you know, 24-7, 365 model that is powered by intelligent automation or it's powered by digital workers. That, that type of should know um, compliance model, it probably, it probably, it wouldn't be optimal to be powered by people because you'd have to hire a lot more people to do it. But there, there's the world of difference between the two of those, right? And what the Biden administration they're doing here is they're increasing the level of transparency but by the same token then they're increasing the level of need to know for a bank and they're not just increasing the level of need to know in the u.s so they're not you know they're also increasing the level of need to know on european banks that have a u.s presence if i need to know this and look the reality is nearly every compliance program in the world that is powered by people and only people is creaking every other type of program in the world is undergoing digital change and compliance is getting there right but it's slower more often than not you need people to power the processes and that and that's completely okay the what the biden administration is trying to do it's increasing the level of need to know for a bank so this transparency and this adding you know you need to know about beneficial owners and you need to know another level of beneficial owners Maybe you could walk me through, you know, what are some of the major AML concerns or trends right now in the FinServe space? And maybe, you know, what what are maybe two or three trends you've seen that maybe push the Biden administration or the people behind this sort of initiative to say, you know, okay, this is one of the main reasons why we're going to release this, if that makes sense. Look, you can't ignore um, all of the types of leaks of financial data that have come out over the past couple of years. Pandora Papers, that's just one of them. Again, I can't remember the name, I'm sure, in your research you'll be able to remember there was one a couple of years ago where it shows the level of complexity that actually goes on in financial markets and how money can be shielded from the run of the mill kyc process and the run of the mill compliance progress process that type of thing can it can be and the unfortunate thing is that again it's a need to know basis and you're only going to go to the level that you need to go to and the bad actors in this space they're well aware of that right and they're well aware of 
the level of intricacy that they need to go to to evade the, the regulations that are there. So I think that's probably a big motivator for the Biden administration. They can see, again, the Pandora Papers, and to be fair to them, the majority of the actors in the Pandora Papers are, they're good actors, right? They're celebrities, they're politicians, they're world leaders, and they can probably see the intricacy that they're going to shield their money to, to, uh, to avail of any tax benefits. So they can only extrapolate that to seeing what the actual bad actors are doing, right? I, look, for me, I, I, I would think that's probably another area, again, and it's easy points on the board for the Biden administration. You, you can't deny that. Banks are being fined very regularly when it comes to AML. And it is a very hot topic. Uh, I only read during the week, and I know they're not a bank, but PayPal got fined X amount of million for AML findings or something like that. Or excuse me, that's incorrect. I think they had 4.5 4 million accounts that were onboarded that had uh, poor AML uh, poor AML associated with it, right? Wow. So their team didn't do the right thing and then it opened up their risk. But the positive aspect was that they caught that risk before anything bad came from it. Whereas there are banks throughout the world who are being fined because they're just not up to date with the risks that are coming with it. Uh, you know, so in the announcement, it, me it, it mentions crypto, it mentions digital assets, DeFi, that type of stuff. And But, the, I'm, but there is a, a extremely solid foundational base behind that in terms of there is a large amount of, you know, crime being facilitated by crypto. And so I'm curious to know, again, uh, from your perspective, maybe what have you seen in the space and, you know, how do you see, do you see this initiative doing anything, you know, concrete in the short to medium term to sort of address that? You have the blockchain, right? And the blockchain is not malleable. It can't be changed, which is fantastic. Um, but you are absolutely 100% correct when you say bad actors and criminals have been playing in crypto for a lot longer than the majority of the, the honest folk out there, right? You'll even see in the US this week, the... 3.6 billion case. I think that was in the US, right? Where a husband and wife stole 3.6 billion and they got caught last week, right? So, and that's the biggest case ever, right? And how long did it take the SEC to crack that? I'm sure there are crypto people who are looking at that, crypto criminals looking at that and thinking, God, how did they get caught there? Stupid way to do it, right? So I think that this is the first iteration when it comes to kind of real crypto regulations when it comes to anti-financial crime. And I would imagine, or at least I would have the hope that this isn't a one and done type of thing, you know, actor, like you, all of these type of things, I, we're all coming to, we're all coming to grips with crypto. It's an extremely agile space. There's new coins coming up every day. There's the blockchain. There's all these different types of things where, there's just so many different investment products out there that people can move their money around. You know, I think it's laudable, um, again, to to get there. But I, I would very much think this is the first step in a long road to even to even managing any type of risk inside there. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you.